Thanks for choosing to listen to another City Point West podcast. I trust that this message empowers and encourages you to continue your journey of faith. Enjoy. If you haven't noticed, I've been away for the last three weeks and... uh, and basically, most of that last three weeks, I've been living uh, 70 kilometres off Agnes Waters, uh, 1770, in the central coast of, of Queensland. Uh, for a bunch of that time, I was actually living and sleeping on my 17-foot boat. Uh, unfortunately, 90% of that time, it was blowing 25 knots. It was really, really windy. Uh, we were camping in lagoons. At low tide, it was a little bit calm. At high tide, it was like camping in the middle of the ocean. And uh, I was rolling out my swag every night, sleeping on the floor of my boat, well, attempting to sleep. Uh, I don't know if you've ever tried to sleep when you're just getting rocked like this continually all night. feels like somebody's shaking you to wake you up all night. It's not really easy to sleep like that. Uh, If you're a person in the room that gets seasick, you would have spewed a lot over the last three weeks, I promise you. Uh, Wild, wild adventure. Uh, A whole bunch of time just uh, doing that, sleeping out on my boat. Listen, no coverage, no phone reception, uh, no no power. Um, You know, my entertainment whilst I was trying to sleep and not being able to sleep was watching falling stars uh, because there's no lights all around. So you can see every star. It's amazing how many stars there are when you get away from all the lights, quite incredible. The only light I could see was off in the distance, the the globe from Gladstone, which is, uh, it was really cool. We had a, a, a wild, wild time. Uh, sleeping there uh, and then swimming every day with sharks and dolphins and all of the above and seeing fish and a part of a spearfishing competition. It was an awesome time. We had an amazing time. Uh, You know, whilst you're trying to sleep and not being able to sleep, you think a lot, right? And uh, you think about a whole bunch of things. Uh, When when it's high tide at two o'clock in the morning and you've been sleeping for a few hours, but now it's high tide and you're getting rocked around like crazy and now you're awake again and you're just begging, Jesus, can you make the sun come up quicker so I can just get out of this bed and out of this boat and go on with my day? I remember thinking around the thought of what really matters. And, you know, for the next two weeks, I'd love to just talk through some of this thought process and, and, and talk through the reality of what really matters in our lives, what really matters around who we are. When you think on this question a lot, it, a, a, a strange thing happens in your life. You start to think through the reality of what the Word talks about. You start to think through the reality of what God's speaking to our lives about. And, and it made me reflect a little bit on what uh, Solomon writes in Ecclesiastes chapter 12. Verse 13 in the expanded Bible says this, And all has been heard. The end of the matter is this, fear God, revere, worship Him, knowing that He is and keep His commandments. For this is the whole of man, the full original purpose of His creation, the object of God's providence, the root of character, the foundation of all happiness, the adjustment to all inharmonious circumstances and conditions under the sun, the whole duty of every man. Solomon's here writing and listen, if you've read through Ecclesiastes, He's listed off a whole bunch of things that are really going on around him. And he starts off by making a statement, vanity of vanities in the English is the translation. If we're to go back, really one of the better translations would be a breath of breath or the simple fact that life comes and life goes. As a breath is, life is here and life disappears. 
You know, I was up at, at uh, the Spearfishing Championships and there was a whole bunch of older guys that have been a part of that. And uh, some of them were like, ah, oh, great to meet you, young man. I love it when people say that. My wife tells me it's because my beard's been shaved off and I look younger. That's what she says. I don't feel that's necessarily the case. I, I get there's vast opinions on that right now. But Wendy's is the only one that genuinely really matters. People say, hey, great to meet you, young man. I love that thought. But you know what? I wish I was a young man. Braden so aptly put last week that I'm old. You know, it's an incredible reality that life passes so quickly. I look across this room. There's some very mature people in this room. I look at young Dot, 23 years of age, sitting over here. Very mature for her age, obviously. Life goes so quick. It just rushes by. And the writer says this, vanity of vanities, breath of breath, life goes so fast and the end of it all is to keep God central to your life and to the reality of the fact that God is here and He is central to everything of life. It's little wonder that people that don't know God can miss the greatness of purpose that is wrapped up in this life as it goes by so quickly. I want to just go through over these next couple of weeks, speaking through this reality. What, what, what is it that really matters in this life? What are the things that matter? My first one is probably one of the most simple, most profound and most important is what matters in life is first and foremost to actually learn God's voice. Listen, life is filled with voices. Alone at night in the dark, Lots of voices come. When you're, when you're there, and this is not just 70 kilometres off 1770 trying to sleep in a boat that's rocking like you're on a bucking bronco. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about just even in your own bed, wherever you are alone in the, in the dark of night, voices come. Often the loudest voice is our own. Our own doubts, our own fears, our own insecurities. The voice that speaks to us at night, the voice of, of our past failures that speak and try and shout to us. The voice of the enemy can be profound and loud as he talks to you. I, I notice he's a great reinforcer of, of my fears. He's a great reinforcer of my own voice when it talks through my own challenges. He's a reinforcer of my own voice when it comes to failure. He doesn't often reinforce my own voice when my voice is speaking life to myself. And then there's the voice of God. Praise God for the voice of God that can come and just bring peace through every other voice in our lives. Through the voice of challenge, through the voice of frustration, through the voice of fear, through the voice of anxiety, the voice of God that comes and peace comes in the midst of all of that. Listen, one of the key aspects of life and what matters most is to learn the voice of God. And I, and I think when I look at life, we have a lifetime to really grasp and understand it. Jesus is speaking in John chapter 10 and He says this, The sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. 
And I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. Neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. I don't know about you. Sometimes I take offense to Jesus calling me a sheep. Sheep are stupid. Sheep do their own thing. Get like stuck in a fence. I grew up on a farm. I know how dumb sheep can be. Listen, if you're a, if you're just a city folk and you've never seen that, let me tell you, sheep are stupid. And sometimes I take offence to the reality of that. But I always then think back to my life and how many times I've been stuck in a fence and realised, yeah, Jesus was accurate when He called me a sheep. Now I look across the room. Some of you are pretending you've never made mistakes and never been caught in a fence. And you're here on a, on a Sunday morning and you're perfect. I get that you're living in that f- false reality today. Jesus says, my stupid sheep, well, he doesn't say that, I just added that part. My sheep, hear my voice. Listen, there is an importance of learning to hear the voice of God. I understand it's a long journey. Listen, you may be walking with God a long period of time. You may be fresh to faith today. I wanna tell you this journey is long in genuinely hearing and knowing, understanding the voice of God, discerning our own voice, discerning the enemy's voice and learning to discern that voice of God that speaks to my life, that brings the right direction, that takes me to the right place, that cuts across the lies and the deception that try to speak into my world, that try to own who I am, brings the truth there back to my life. Jesus says, the sheep know my voice. 25 years of marriage, I've learned to hear and know Wendy's voice. I can always pick it out of a crowd. In fact, Pastor Wendy doesn't just have a great voice for that. She has a great whistle. I was at SWB, 15 million women. Oestrogen that I had to cut through to you know, get out of that place. It was tangible in the room. And I was rushing to leave thinking Pastor Wendy had already left. And I heard this whistle I'm like oi that was my wife's whistle just there just fight my way through the estrogen to get to my wife I know a whistle she's trained me no I know a whistle listen life's journey's that it's coming and just learning how to push aside my own voice learn how to push aside the enemy's voice and, and come and find God's voice. Listen, if you're not sure how to do this, some of the simple ways are actually stop and listen for His voice. Listen, the, 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 the quiet moments of our life are really important for, uh, for a listening. God, speak to me. Shut up and listen. That, that, listen, for some of the husbands in the room, that's, that's a tip for you for your marriage. Shut up and listen if you want to learn your wife's voice. In our relationship with God, shut up and listen. Sometimes our prayer life's so busy, filled with God, do this, fix this, fix my wife, fix life, fix everything, and I'm out. Instead of God, just come on, speak to me. I'm needing some serious fixing. Come and speak into my world. I'm stopping. I need to hear your voice. Stop and listen. In, in amongst that, can I qualify this with a reality? When you're stopping and listening for God's voice, compare His voice with what you know He's said. Listen, always compare his voice to the Word of God. If you don't know the Word of God, yeah, yeah, get to it. Get to know it. Start reading it. Open that thing up. Let, let what you know he has already said in his Word speak 
so that you can have clarity when you hear his voice. For example, you could be sitting here and saying, God's told me to leave my wife and to marry my secretary. If you, if you bring that against the Word of God, you realise that that wasn't God's voice at all. It could very well have been your stupidity speaking to you. Most likely the enemy was agreeing with that. It wasn't God's voice. Hear me today. We need to compare what we feel is God's voice, what we think is God's voice to what God has already said. And we know He said it's in black and white and red for the important Jesus moments. It's there for you to know what He has said so you can bring comparison to what you feel like He's saying. Compare His voice to what He's already said, making sure you don't hear the wrong voices in that. Again, every day, sharpen that. Listen to that. God, what are you saying to me today? Where are you leading me today? Sharpen it. Listen, one of the great ways to sharpen it is to be around godly people that have known the voice of God and help us to discern that. I know when I feel like God is speaking to me, I'm bouncing that off the people in my world that help me discern that. Dad, I feel like God's saying this. What do you think God's saying about that? Pastor Mark, I feel like God's saying this. What do you feel like God... Pastor Mike, I feel like God's saying this. What do you feel that God's saying in that? Listen, a little, little side note in that. Don't ever say, Pastor Mark, God told me to do this. Yeah. That's not how to allow others to speak into that. You come to me and say, Pastor Tim, God told me to do this and not ask my advice. I'll pat you on the back and let you walk out, even though you're going to make a dumb decision in your life because you're not hearing God. You ask me, I feel like God's saying, what do you think? Then there's a different conversation. It's an open one. It's one ready to actually allow godly people to speak into your life. Listen, we need that sometimes when it comes to learning to hear God's voice. What's important? I feel like secondly, what's important is learning how to live in God's presence. Living in God's presence. You know, yesterday when Pastor Jeff was speaking to me on the phone, uh, he rang me from West Australia. He's back home and he's like, I loved City Point West. He's like, that could be my church. I love that place. I'm like, unlucky, but it's my church. <laughs> He's like, I love City Point West. It was incredible. He's like, the presence of God in that place was tangible. It's like, I just love the presence of God. I love the worship. I loved what was going on. I love the atmosphere in that house. He's like, I loved the presence of God. Listen, I got three weeks and the closest I got to the presence of God was watching you guys through a phone for goodness sakes, when it comes to that aspect of, yes, we're here in the presence of God together. I had to find the presence of God outside of that. I had to find the presence of God whilst trying not to be rocked out of a boat. I had to find the presence of God whilst hanging out with filthy heathens. I had to find the presence of God while I'm sitting at a presentation night and there is plenty of alcohol and language going on all around me. I had, to, I had to find the presence of God when I'm hanging out with people that speak language that just should never be spoken. I had to find the presence of God in my own life in those places. Praise God for the presence of God when we're together. But listen, we're together for like an hour and a half, a week. There is so much other life going on and you need to find the presence of God there. Because what really matters is coming back to our original creation, walking with God in the cool of the evening. That's how we were created. We're created to walk with God. We're created to be with God. We're created to have a relationship with God, to, to love His presence, be around His presence. Listen, you'll be like me in moments of time when you're in an environment that's not Christian. You're in an environment 
that's just heathen and broken and messed up. Finding the presence of God in that environment is so essential for our lives. So essential for who we are, knowing how to interact with the presence of God. I love King David's statement in Psalm 51. In the midst of his mess, his big cry was, don't take your presence from me. I need your presence because God, it's central to my life. Listen, learn how to carry the presence of God wherever you are. How? It starts by practicing being aware of the presence of God. Listen, if you're in this room, you've never felt and encountered the presence of God. Let me tell you, it's as real and as tangible as the seat you are sitting on. It is powerful and profound. I sense it around me when I talk about God. I sense it around me when I just begin to think on Him. I sense it around me when I turn my eyes off the world I'm walking in and just turn my eyes back to Him. It is real and is tangible. Listen, don't let anyone try and deceive you and tell you that the presence of God's not real. Listen, it is so real and so important for our lives. Learn how to give yourself to the presence of God. Stop yourself in everyday life and say, God, right now, let your presence come around me. I'm about to walk into a business meeting. I need your presence. I'm about to walk into a situation, God, I need your presence and know that you're with me. God, I'm facing dilemmas and situations. I feel like I'm alone, but let me know your presence. Like I'm sitting in a lion's den and you're there beside me, shutting the mouths of lions. God, let me know your presence in that situation. Be aware of it. What does it feel like? What does his presence feel like around my life? Know that. And what, what does it feel like to have him with me? Again, it is so important. It's so central to our lives. Let me throw a side thought. Be also aware of what it is that leads you away from the presence of God. Listen, if you haven't felt the presence of God for a while, what's going on there? God, my attitude's not quite right. It's my language not been right. What, what have I done here in this situation? Stop, God. Come on, let's take an internal check. Holy Spirit, lead me back to your presence. Is there some things I need to get on my knees and say, God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for quenching your presence. God, uh, is, is there some distraction there in my eyes that have just led me away and been so focused on work, business, life, failures, challenges that I've just taken my eyes off your presence? Listen, this is the reality of what we have to come back to in our walk with God. God, your presence is so essential to our lives. Listen, one of the great aspects of our world is a simple prayer. God, like King David did, I want your presence with me today. At work, I want your presence. God, in my business dealings, I want your presence. God, at uni, I want your presence. In my study, I want your presence. God, in my family world, I want your presence. What's important? What matters? What really matters? The voice of God, the presence of God. These things are central to our lives and central to being all that God has for us. Thirdly, what really matters? I was thinking of this one as, I, as I've reflected on getting older. As Braden so aptly helped me reflect on getting older last week. Listen, if you want to look at what really matters, one of the most important things as we grow is just to be you and be who God's created you to be. You know what, when I laid in a boat, let me tell you a funny story. I drove to 1770 and a really good friend of mine lives in 1770 and we, well, 
I was leaving my stuff at his house. I didn't stay at his house too much because I slept in the boat. Uh, the reason we slept in the boat is because the weather was so bad, it was okay to sort of get out, but come back in every day was just way too rough. It was going to take way too much time and probably a little bit dangerous some of the days it was that rough. So we stayed out on the reef and camped behind the reef. When we were leaving, my friend's dad was there and he looked at me, he's like, and, and uh, he's Croatian. He's like, you are very crazy. There are no other boats going out. You are very, very crazy. You know, I, we're driving out and we actually bumped into another friend of ours that was coming in from spearfishing. And uh, he's proper crazy, this guy. He, he lives just outside of 1770. And, uh, and I was talking to my mate and I'm like, ah, oh, you know, how, this guy's a bit odd. And uh, I'm like, we're odd. And my mate's like, we're not odd. I'm like, hey, buddy, did you see any other boats leaving just now? There was no other boats in the boat ramp except for us and that guy. And he was like one kilometre offshore. We're about to go 70 kilometres offshore. Like 30 k's out to the sea. My mate turns to me, he's like, do you really think we're odd? I'm like, <laughs> I said to him, this is what I said to him. I'm like, if you asked everybody in my church, who else is coming out with us? I'm like, two other people. I reckon Will Taylor and Andrew Jones are the other two that are saying, yeah, I'd do that. But all the rest would be saying, you guys are odd. You guys are weird. Everyone else would be saying you're crazy. But I was laying there thinking of that and the reality of the fact that God's called me to be me and no one else to be me. I think the world's happy that there's just one me. But listen, the world's also happy that there's just one you. I've discovered as a 46-year-old man I make a great Tim McDonald, but I make a terrible Mark Ramsey. I make a terrible Jeff Woodward. I make a terrible David McDonald. Number one, I'm a terrible gardener, so. <laughs> I'm me. Listen, in amongst life, finding what's important is to find who God's created you to be. Listen, I'm, I'm always picking up bits and pieces of other people's lives. I'm glad I've learned from Pastor Mark. I'm glad I've learned from Pastor Jeff. I'm glad I've learned from my dad. Pick up tips of life and, and be smart enough to be you, but learn from other people. Important, important. But I'm never going to be them. I'm never going to be Pastor Ross Abraham. I'm me. I'm unique, created unique. God made me to be me. King David had this revelation and it set him to be who God had called him to be. In Psalm 139, he says, I will praise you for I've been fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvellous are your works that my soul knows very well. You know, I said to my mate, we're driving out. I'm like, we're unique, mate. That's great. And I said to him, the Bible says this. He doesn't know the Bible at all. The Bible says that we've been fearfully and wonderfully made. I'm like, I'm wonderful and you're fearful. It's just beautiful. Fearfully and wonderfully made. That's a revelation that we need to have. If King David didn't have this revelation, if he didn't have a fearfully and wonderfully made revelation, he wouldn't have been that, that little kid that could sling a stone and drop a giant. 
He wouldn't be the giant killer that was to be the great king. He wouldn't be the bear killer. He wouldn't be the lion killer. He wouldn't have been any of those things. But he understood, I've been fearfully and wonderfully made by the hand of God. Listen, you sit in this room, you're bear killers, giant killers, lion killers, and you're fearfully and wonderfully made. Uniquely. Uniquely. Don't be fearful of the uniqueness of who you are. We've got incredible, powerful, praying housewives sitting in this room, feeling like, oh, I should be so much more. Girl, don't feel that way about yourself. Listen, it was a housewife like you that prayed me back into the Kingdom of God and I stand on a platform because of a housewife that stood there and prayed and stood in the gap and served the family. It is such an essential part of who you are. Don't ever feel like I should be more. God created you to be who you are. Find it, live it and be happy in amongst it. Be you. What matters? Be you. Be all that God created you to be. It helps you to find the purpose in today. Serve God, serve His generation. I I love that King David finished his life and it says, and he served his generation and went to be with his fathers. In this room, when you find you, when you find fearfully and wonderfully made, you'll serve your generation in everything that God has created you to be. It's a wonderful thing. My fourth thing that I thought on this when I thought about making sure that we outwork our lives to the full is that we got to love big. Love big. Listen, don't be confused like the confused generation we have today. This love I'm speaking of is the godly love. It's agape. It's charity. It's loving and caring for others whilst putting them before you. It's God kind of love. This is the reality of what I'm talking about. When when. Paul was writing to the Corinthian church. He said, now these three things remain. Faith, hope, and love. And what does he say? And the greatest of these is agape. The greatest of these is love. The greatest of these is charity. The greatest of these is to give your life for those around you. The greatest of these is love. Faith's pretty powerful, right? Faith is an incredible thing. They begin to speak to the mountains and say, be cast into the sea. Faith is incredible. Hope is essential to holding on to life. But he says the greatest of these three is love. What really matters? You know, what really matters is to love the world around us. To love others. Loving big. It's huge. It's huge. I'd love to say it's easy. But the reality is sometimes loving people is the hardest thing in the world to do. Have you noticed some people are really lovable? Some people are really hateable. (laughs) Have you noticed that? Pastor Jeff, when he took all my uh, blues paraphernalia, I felt like, you know, I, I could love Pastor Jeff sometimes, but sometimes not so much. When he teased me about being a blues supporter and losing in the state of origin, it was not so easy to love him at that moment. Listen, they're little things. There are big things in life that sometimes make it difficult to love people. Some people can be very unlovable out of their brokenness out of the challenges of their world. 
But he didn't say the greatest of these is loving those that are easy to love. He says the greatest of these is love. When we understand Jesus, even love those that hung him on a cross. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Love is so important. Love is hard and love hurts. Love hurts. You know, he didn't write this out of not knowing what it felt like to make it difficult to love. Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians, he said this, the more I love you, Corinthian church, the less you love me back. That was his statement. The more I love you, the less you love me back. You know, I felt like that sometimes as a pastor. I felt like that sometimes as a parent. Can I have an amen from some parents in the room? <laughs> Kid, the more I love you, the more I bless you, the less you love me back. This is a reality as a parent, as a leader in life, but still love big. Even when people are difficult to love, love big. Even when your heart's hurting so much you don't want to love, love big. Even when it feels so difficult to do it, love big. I felt that way so many times. It hurts to love. It's difficult. I want to stop. I want to cut off my love. And listen in amongst that. Learn how to guard your heart, but keep it soft. Learn how to do that well. Let God teach you how to do that. Use wisdom, but keep that heart open and ask God to heal it if it needs healing. And sometimes when you've tried to love, it's hurt so bad that you just need God to come and heal that heart of yours. Ask Him, God, heal me so I can love again. Finally, what matters? I'm going to go on next week with this as well. But finally, what matters is connecting to a powerful, godly community. Again, Pastor Jeff rang me and he was raving on City Point West. He was like, this place is unbelievable. He's like, I just loved it so much. I am grateful for the godly community that we have. I am so grateful. I'm so grateful for the friends in this room, the brothers and sisters in this room. I'm so grateful for every single one of you. I thank you for praying for me over the last couple of weeks. I know some of you have been praying big. Uh, you needed to. Listen, I nearly got bitten by a couple of sharks. Don't tell my wife. She won't be happy. That happened a lot. Thank you for praying for me. Uh, diving competition was wild and crazy. Uh, at some stages, I was like three and a half kilometres off the reef, away from my boat in big currents and had to swim all the way back. Thank you for praying for me. I am grateful for godly community that does that, prays and believes. I'm in this room, I'm still alive because we have a dot here that's been praying for me. There's, without a doubt, that's a thing. That's just, let alone every other one of you guys. Listen, if you're not connected into the house of God, Get connected. It is so vital, so important. Hebrews, the writer of Hebrews in Hebrews 10 says, don't neglect the gathering together. I am grateful that we have technology today. You know, it was an awesome thing to listen on last week, but there's nothing like being in this room. There's nothing like getting a hug from you guys. There's nothing like praying and worshiping with you. There's nothing like moments like we had before when, when Yannick's standing here just speaking faith into my world. Listen, I felt like we could just destroy everything in that moment when Yannick's speaking faith there. Come on, let's take the world. It's nothing like that. Yes, it comes through phone, okay. But being in this room is just unbelievable. Be connected. 
living full lives, is lived in community like we have. I love this community. Listen, we look different right across this room, but we've got the same blood flowing through our veins, the blood of Jesus Christ that connects us all together. Every background, every nation, every culture coming together under the culture of the banner of Jesus Christ. I love it. Makes us brothers and sisters in Christ. Even though we look different. Look at my brother. Look at my sister. How do we do this? How do we get connected? Listen, it starts by connecting with people. Connecting with people. If you're a shy person in this room, I encourage you to step out and try and meet somebody else. In that time of meet and greet, I know something happens to your bladder and makes you need to go to the toilet every week. I'm going to start locking the toilets in that meet and greet moment for those weak bladdered people that like to bail out instead of just saying hello to somebody else. We have that five minutes, which is, listen, that doesn't happen in any other church that I know of. We have that for a reason. It's just a moment to stop and say hey to somebody else. If you're brand new, I know that's awkward sometimes, but it's great. Get connected. In spite of your issues and in spite of other people's issues, get to know somebody else. Be a part of a life group where you can actually just be connected with others, stand together with others. It's so vital, so important. How else do we do this? Listen, learn to own the vision of the house of God. The vision is never Pastor Tim's. The vision is our vision, my vision. We own who we are as a church together. It helps us to be built into family. Listen, I love family for what it is. My family, my home, we have vision for who we want to be. This is the same in church life. Get involved. Serve. Use your own individual gifts in the house of God. If you want to know how to be connected fully in godly community, get involved. Serve. Do something. We have incredible host teams. We have people that maybe aren't shy and are good at meeting people. We have guys like that that float around meeting people. Get involved. We have this incredible creative team. They sing and they play. If you have a gift and talent, look, I'm speaking to you. If you can sing well, get up here and be involved. Speak to Deb after the service and say, I want to get involved. I want to sing. I want to use my gift and talent in the house of God. Before Pastor Tim starts singing up on that platform, in Jesus' name. Use your gift and talent. Maybe you just love people so much and you want to be a part of the team, help them do that. Come and see guys. I'd love to be connecting you. And in doing so, you grow into family because we're all involved together, doing great things together. It's a powerful thing. What really matters? Connecting with Jesus starts. It's a key point of that. Listen, this morning, maybe you're in this room and you're not connected to Jesus. I want to tell you, today is your day to do this. It's your day to get connected with Jesus. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. We close this meeting here this morning. If you don't know Christ. I know this message will keep speaking to you as you continue your day. So for more information about City Point West, jump on citypointchurch.com or follow our social media accounts, Instagram, City Point West, or our Facebook, City Point Church West. Have a great day.